Hello and welcome into another episode on the Labumba Pastors Blog. I'm Musumba Jonathan. Today's lesson is entitled Acts 14, Seeking God's Help. And our text to begin is Acts chapter 14, verse 23, which says this, And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. A prominent feature in Scripture that I think modern Christians truly struggle with is the concept of waiting on God for help. I would say Western Christians struggle more with this than the brethren in Uganda due to the nature of the two cultures' different perspectives on time. However, all of us can use this refresher on how important it is to seek God's direction before we take action. In this verse in Acts, we see that the appointments of elders in the churches was not done lightly. There was time spent in prayer and fasting before the decision was made, and then the elders were committed to God in prayer and fasting as well. The Bible tells us this is what we are supposed to do with all our plans. In Proverbs 16, verse 3, it says, Commit your work to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. There is a promise in that verse that when we commit our work to the Lord, he will divinely guide our thinking about the situation. It seems logical then that we should be very good at doing this. Why wouldn't Christians succeed in receiving divine guidance in every one of their plans? The area we struggle with struggle with this in is that receiving God's direction often requires waiting for God to direct. Generally, when we have a plan that seems good to us, we rush ahead with it. We might even pray and ask God's blessing on it, but we haven't truly sought God's blessing on a decision unless we've given time to seek his input. We can have good plans that are sometimes not God's plans. Consider this example from King David and the prophet Nathan. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, from verse 1 to 7, we read this. Now when the king lived in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David. Thus says the Lord, Would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all the peoples of Israel, did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people, Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? David had an idea that he should build a temple for God. That's a great idea, right? He seeks guidance about it from his spiritual counselor, Nathan. What is Nathan's reaction? Nathan doesn't even hesitate to ask God about it. He just tells David, go and do everything that is in your heart. But that same night, God appears to Nathan and tells him to tell David that he is not the one who would build him a house, but Solomon his son would. There's another example given in the life of King Amaziah. 
Amaziah made a decision, it was a military strategic decision, without consulting God, to hire soldiers from the northern tribes of Israel to help him fight against his enemies. But those Israelites he hired were idolaters. So God sent a prophet and told him not to bring the Israelite soldiers with him. Amaziah then asked a practical question. He had already paid the soldiers. Would God really want him to just throw away the money? The prophet answered like this. This is from 2 Chronicles chapter 25, verse 9. And Amaziah said to the man of God, But what shall we do about the hundred talents that I have given to the army of Israel? The man of God answered, The Lord is able to give you much more than this. We see God preferred the loss of the money for the sake of spiritual integrity rather than being more concerned about money and losing spiritual integrity. The greatest example in Scripture that should impress upon us our need to seek God's help through prayerful waiting is our Lord's example before he chose his twelve apostles. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12 and 13, we read this. In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them twelve, whom he named apostles. Jesus was all-knowing. He was, he's the Son of God. And yet he spent the whole night in prayer before appointing the twelve. How much more important is it then for us, in our weakness, to seek God's guidance with prayer and waiting? You might ask me, how do I know when God has answered? Or how do I know how long to wait on something when God is silent? Let me give you an example from my own family. We are currently praying about getting a larger vehicle to accommodate our growing family and the need that we sometimes have to transport more people in our vehicle than just our family members. We committed the, the decision to God and have promised not to move on pur purchasing a vehicle without having God's clear direction. Well, a vehicle in our price range of a relatively new year and in seemingly good condition became available. We can be tempted to rush forward and say, Aha! Here is God's provision. But God has gifted me with a dear friend who is an expert mechanic with as many years experience working on vehicles as I have actually been alive. So I sent the vehicle to him and asked him for his opinion. He warned me that the type of vehicle is known to have many issues and would end up costing me a lot in maintenance in the future. The Bible tells me this in Proverbs 11 verse 14. Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. God gives us people with experience and knowledge as a resource to help us be wise. Though the vehicle seemed promising to me, I can clearly see God's direction is for me to keep waiting. I also have the promise in Scripture that my Heavenly Father knows what I need before I ask Him. That means if he hasn't given me something yet, I do not need it yet. We all must learn to cultivate this practice in our life. I've heard many testimonies from people who regretted quick decisions they made that turned out to bring them trouble and dissatisfaction. God promises 
that if we wait for him in our plans, he will guide and bless our thinking. I have found this true time and again. I oversee a ministry with several different departments, and we do a varied amount of work. There's times there are relationship problems. There are building and maintenance issues. There are school practice problems. There are agricultural challenges. There are construction projects. I often feel like what Solomon prayed to the Lord when he said, I am a little child that doesn't know how to go out or to come back in. But the Lord is our helper. In all my inexperience, my lack of knowledge, my lack of skill, and my lack of common sense, God guides my thoughts so that I can then take a step of faith and trust God will sustain my decision, prosper my decision, and if necessary, rescue me from my decision. The more you learn to wait on God in prayer, the less and less you will regret decisions you make or wonder whether you really chose the right thing. God bless you all.